The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you always. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars, episode 86. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a dead. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hey everyone, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Of course, just a reminder that if you want to get your own official Secrets of Star Wars t-shirt, uh, you can do so by visiting sqpn.com slash merch, uh, available in various sizes and styles. So uh, please uh, go support us by going to sqpn.com slash merch. Also, you can also join the, the StarQuest fan club mailing list by texting StarQuest to 66866. So that's text StarQuest, all one word, to 66866. Also, of course, just a friendly reminder to share the podcast on your fa- favorite social media so that way other people who you think would enjoy listening to us talk about Star Wars can find us and um, definitely let us know how we're doing by leaving us a, a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player, because that also helps get the show seen by more people who would be interested in listening to our take on the Star Wars universe. So please do that for us, because that would help us out a lot. Today we are discussing the 13th episode of The Bad Batch. This is titled Infested. And joining me on the panel tonight are Angela Cialana. Hey, good to be back. It's good. Yeah, it's good to have all of us back. Well, half the crew, I guess, but the half that's been gone for for a little bit. Uh, (laughs) Second up is, is Mike Creevy. Hey, everybody. How's it going? It's going well. So yeah, this is the the the. It's been a couple of weeks since uh, since we've seen each other. So it's like a reunion, is, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So before we jump into the bad batch, though, we have our uh, official ham solo segment that uh, we have been starting to do thanks to Mike Creevy. So uh, the whole idea behind this is that. Uh, well, I guess Mike, why don't you kind of give the background to it and then uh, share your your current take on it. Well, I think, you know, um, at least at my phase of life, being a, a dad with two young daughters and a somewhat hectic schedule, um, I uh, it doesn't I don't know. I, I try to find opportunities as they come up to entertain myself um, when, <laughs> when some of the things I, I just did in my youth isn't necessarily accessible. or I can't do it as much. So I, these little things pop in my mind and I thought, wouldn't it be you know, I could just continue to just get a random number at the deli, you know, or type Mike C in over and over again, that's just boring. So, um, yeah, one day I think it started with Lord Vader and I mean, that was a pretty, pretty bold one to come out the gate with, I think, (laughs) you know, the title and everything and Ben Kenobi. And as I've said before on the show, I, I feel like I'm not living up to the full potential of this, that even some of our our listeners have already, of course, taken this and run with it because where I get uh, the most fun with all of this, typically at the deli each week at our grocery store, they don't say the name out. They don't even, you know, they, they just, they don't even put it up on the screen, which they put the number on the screen. But when they print the ticket, you get and I'm showing it to the to my friends here on the, the chat right there prepared for. And I'll say who in a second here uh, prepared for. And it's printed across the bottom. So this week it was none other than Admiral Ozel. Don't particularly know why he was in my mind, but um, <laughs> my, my rule is I basically don't plan it ahead of time. I just step up and it's the first one that pops in my head as I'm typing it. So this was especially fun this week because my four year old daughter got to receive it. And what's what's funny is we were waiting, though, and the lady almost said it out loud because she came to put <laughs> it in the little basket. And she's look, looking and I'm looking at her and she's like, do you have a do you have a kiosk order? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know. But I, I don't know, maybe the fact that it said Admiral on it was especially yeah. like a, a cue. But I did, by the way, find out uh, Admiral Kendall Ozel, 
uh, of course, was played by, this is just interesting, I don't know if everybody knows this, I'm sure a lot of our listeners do know this, Scottish actor Michael Sheard, who died a couple of years ago, but he, interestingly enough, um, I, I, was, I was looking into his background, he was a big Doctor Who alum, which uh, I'm not a Doctor Who fan myself, but I know we have a lot of listeners in SQPN who mm-hmm. are. So I guess he was on Doctor Who uh, and was potentially in the running to be the Doctor at one point, uh, but it didn't work out. But uh, funny enough, what I know him from <laughs> is his little tiny cameo as Adolf Hitler in wow. Indiana Jones and the, uh, um, yeah. the Last Crusade. When they're in the arena and stuff where they're going through and, and that hilarious moment where Indy gets forced by the crowd just, you know, and bumps into Hitler and Hitler signs Dr. Jones's diary. Same guy. So uh, <laughs> and consequently, uh, he played Hitler five times in his career. <laughs> so I don't know that wow. that's something that I would want to be on my, oh my list um, and Himmler three times. So apparently he was really good at playing a, a crisp, intimidating Nazi-esque kind of person. Uh, and that was clearly there with Ozil's very short lived screen career in Empire Strikes Back. So uh, yeah. the last little last trivia, most interesting. George Lucas said that Ozil's death was the best screen death he had ever seen. OK. Wow. So when he gets force choked from a distance by Darth Vader, that's uh, that really impressed George Lucas. So <laughs> there's little Admiral Ozil's you know, trivia for everybody just for the heck of it. Why not? Perfect. No, that's awesome. Um, to be honest, I had to I had to look him up when you when you shared out the mm-hmm. who the name was. Uh, and yeah, so he's he's uh, in Empire Strikes Back. But oh, and, and, and General Veers, by the way, who's who's with him in that scene. Mm-hmm. I forget the actor's name. I didn't look that up. But he's, of course, uh, Walter Donovan in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, okay. So there's a lot of alums there because, of course, you know, Harrison Ford, you've uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was kind of a cool connection. I don't know. No, that's that's great. Um, of course, listeners, uh, we we want to hear uh, your stories about doing something like this too. The whole idea is, of course, to to share a fun Star Wars name as you're going to Starbucks or going to the deli and you know seeing seeing what happens. Uh, and so, if you do that, take a picture, snap snap a video, um, and share it using the hashtag Ham Solo. And we will uh, peruse those uh, every week, and uh, you can be featured on the show as a point of discussion in upcoming shows if if they're um, if we see any on the on the Twitterverse. So um, for the moment, it's just uh, just Mike who's doing it. I I uh, <laughs> I don't I don't go out to those kind of places enough to to get a name. I'll, I I think a couple weeks ago I got an order sixty six um, happening yes. at Subway, but. I would love an audio or video. Like if someone could could actually get the person having to say it out loud, that mm-hmm. would probably be pretty cool. Well, places <laughs> like I know Starbucks used to do that. I assume they still do, but it's been so long since I've gone inside uh, to do right. an order. But yes, a lot of those places will do that. So, um, so listeners, we want to we want to find and hear some fun stories from you guys. So please, please, uh, please do that, and we'd love to love to share what's what's happening on that front. So jumping from Delhi to uh infested uh what are your guys's first impressions of this bad batch episode oh well i was um you know i haven't been here for the episodes about hera so i was interested that we were going back then to the main storyline uh with the bad batch and um i liked this episode i um i'm more so curious where like what seeds are they planting in this episode that are going to pay off later on? Um, but uh, yeah, I thought it was fun. I felt kind of like it was maybe pitching a new ride for Disneyland or <laughs> Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> um, and I really enjoyed the music, all the tremolos and the minor mm. chords, you know, that kind of horror sort of feeling. So it was fun. Yeah, I I agree, and and um, basically with everything Angela said, I I I didn't want to come across skeptical or 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 like a um like a a downer because I, I it wasn't that I didn't like it. I did like it. I like everything Star Wars, even the stuff that I I like the stuff I don't like. If that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. Yeah. But but you know, so like I'm never going to complain about it. But I did make a little note. I just I I had a little bit of, and I'm sure we can probably get into it 
um, which might just come through discussion, but just sort of like, what about this episode? Like trying to be as objective as I could, like, what did we really need, you know, from it was something I was thinking just in terms of like, kind of like what Angela was saying about, you know, sowing seeds of some kind of payoff. Cause mainly cause I just kind of felt like if, I mean, we're at what episode 13 and there's only mm-hmm. like supposed to be 15. I couldn't mm-hmm. help but wonder, like we're pretty one way or another, pretty close to the end of the season. And I'm thinking like, well, well, I'll mention later, like some other questions I had, like, what about this? What about that? You know, where's this person? So I, I did struggle a little bit with just some of those things wondering, like, there's got to be a reason, but I, I didn't quite see, like, should this have been a little earlier or maybe throw something else in? But overall, I did. I, re- I really enjoyed it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so my, my first my first point on this was I put in my notes, thank God, no spiders. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> with a title like Infested. I said, guess what I expected? Because father sends me a text like. <laughs> or it was in our, our, our group chat. It was like like yeah, two days before Friday. the episode. He's like, "Spiders this Friday." I'm like, "Don't, no, please don't." <laughs> yeah, you know. So, so I was, yeah, I was, I was very thankful for that because I we've gotten spiders <laughs> and other and other things. But it, so, so I, I would definitely kind of echo what, what you guys have already said that, um, it sort of felt like, or I wondered if it if it sort of paralleled even like what was it episode two of the Mandalorian season two, so that mm-hmm. the episode with the with the spiders in the cave. Right. Where it, I mean, it was, it was a, it was part of the story, but it wasn't, it didn't really advance any major plot points. You know, this one didn't seem to have any big plot movements forward. So yeah, maybe, maybe there, there's some sort of a setup for, for a future payoff. Um, you know, especially with, I mean, perhaps the, the Pikes or the Deveronian. That's what I was thinking. that, That character. Yeah. But beyond that, it just, yeah, it was kind of another one of those one-off episodes where, oh, I I would say that it's 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 definitely on the lower end of my my uh, likes for this season. So I'll be I'll be maybe a little bit more of a downer there. That I I it was it was fun, and I think I think I think like Mike, I don't I don't can't I can't like watch anything Star Wars and not like it. But this was definitely not not something that I'll probably go back to. That's, I think, a good mark. Yeah, putting it that way with just, would you rewatch it? You know, and sure. not as a condemnation, but just like, eh. Like, I, the only time I ever rewatch the Passenger episode from uh, Mandalorian Season 2 is when I want to watch the beginning part with the jetpack thing and <laughs> Baby Yoda's look, you know, mm-hmm. and then the shrug. Like, that's it. Then I just, that's the end of the episode yep. for me. <laughs> yep. Then they magically on the Mon Calamari uh, planet. <laughs> right. <laughs> no spiders. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so to, to jump into this episode, uh, we, um, all of this is local on, on the planet, uh, Ord Mantel where Sid's cantina is and, uh, Clone Force 99 shows up and <clears throat> they, they realize that something is, is wrong. Uh, Sid's cantina is filled with other people that they're not used to seeing and they, they sense that, that something seems to be off. And immediately, um, it was my second watch through, you can actually see the Pikes leaving mm-hmm. uh, Sid's office uh, before Clone Force 99 kind of comes in and, and barges their way into the office. So I thought that was a, a fun uh, kind of foreshadowing event, which I did not catch the, the, first, the first round through. Mm-hmm. And so they, they do meet uh, the new owner of Sid's Cantina. It's... His name is uh, Roland Durand. He is a new character. He hasn't showed up before, but he's a Deveronian, and he has claimed uh, the office and territory that once belonged to Sid. And he has Ruby the Lizard, and that was a callback to one of the earlier episodes. I had to go back and, and watch it just to refresh my my memory. But he, um, so so from what I from what I remember and what I what I watched, he Roland. Uh, commission Sid to commission the Bad Batch to steal this lizard for him. That's right. So uh, that was back in Battle Scars if you're interested in going back to look. So Omega wants to help Sid take back her territory after they have this conversation and, and Roland is is the, the, new, the new boss in town. I don't know about you guys but um when they found out that Roland was kind of in charge and Sid was out 
And then, you know, they're walking out and Hunter's like, okay, we're getting off Lord Mantell. I was like, okay, this is how they're getting off Lord Mantell. (laughs) Great. Right. I thought, okay, this is how they're, the story's going to move along and we're going to go somewhere else. And, you know, the season is going to end somewhere else, but no, (laughs) but I mean, I wasn't necessarily disappointed that we stayed on Ward Mantel. I actually thought mm-hmm. um, the fact that Omega stood up, you know, it was she's almost like the conscience for the Bad Batch. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, she her her childlike innocence of just the way that kids see things is so much more pure than the way adults see things. Cause I was totally, I was like, I actually laughed after Hunter was like, okay, we're leaving. <laughs> you know, uh, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I probably would have done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> there, there was a, at least a, a sense too that I'm, uh, Hunter doesn't decide to just work for Roland instead. Right. So right. There, there, I, I mean, not that Sid's the necessarily uh, most moral upright character, but but she's more family than than Roland was, and so there was definitely at least they at least they decided not to work for this this new bad guy. Yeah. I don't think they kind of know what to expect, sort of, you know, from from Sid, even though there's always a twist, right? <laughs> but even I think with some of their experiences so far with Sid, they they know that she's. She, <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to use uh, the 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 kind of the blank blanket language but like she's on the good side i mean she, she she's helping out the the little yeah. guy and and you know she was um you know she was the one who was procuring some of the weapons for for Hera's uh family um you know right so they they kind of already at least have a sense that sid is on the side of maybe the oppressed or the the the, the little guy who needs some help whereas well, roland yeah. may not but at the same time, you know, one of the great jokes in this episode is when Tech is like, I believe she's threatening us because Sid <laughs> is saying, well, I'm, I'm, I've been good at keeping secrets. And it's like, oh, OK. So if they quit working for Sid or they get on her bad side, are they going, is she going to spill the beans about Omega and where the Bad Batch is? You know, that's that. That kind of planted that seed, at least in my mind. Yeah, well, and she you get the impression that she, even though it's, she doesn't, she's not really a joiner anyway, but like, you know, even though you could probably say that she would join the Rebel Alliance before she would join the Empire, does that matter when it's pretty likely that she would at least just rat you out? You know what I mean? Like, it's like she doesn't want to get involved one way or the other, I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, so. Um, and we, we saw, I don't know with this, maybe that was a little bit of a seed there that this did seem to bond them a little more. Like, I don't know that they really, they haven't really been on a mission with her, right? Or right. anything. Right. You know, like she's been giving them orders. They go out, they do their thing. They come back. This was, maybe there's something there, you know, that this is the first time they've kind of worked for a common end. Or maybe her bark is just worse than her bite, you know, and she's, <laughs> you know, she's possible that. I don't know. You never know in Star Wars sometimes with these characters that are, like you said, not joiners. You know, I mean, Lando was that way once, Mm -hmm. right? And he ended Mm -hmm. up disappointing a lot of people (laughs) um, at certain certain moments. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of wonder. But then there's also, just to throw this out there, the Jedi trusted her too, to some degree. At least maybe for Mm -hmm. for information. But let's say, Mm -hmm. for example, and this is kind of a tangent, kind of not, but let's say that they did get on her bad side or there was such an advantage to Sid to reveal where Omega was, let's Mm -hmm. just say, that she told somebody who was dangerous and then did that thinking, oh, I can make things better, but then ends up not being able to make it right. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that's kind of her character where she, you know, she kind of feels like she, she's got the plan, the plan's going to work out and you know, then it's going to work out in her favor. And let's just say it doesn't one day, you know? Yeah. Well, and this, this plan that they had for this episode, it worked out in her favor, but it didn't go according to plan as is all mission. Uh, missions in Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> Why do they still seem to almost 
expect her to have told them everything they need to know. <laughs> like, I mean, these guys, like these super soldiers, but there's always something where at the last minute she's like, oh, by the way. <laughs> and they're like, what? And like, come on, guys. <laughs> like, oh, man. True. Yeah. I guess they're still not used to being um, hired for jobs. They're used That's to true. getting a full mission, mm-hmm. you know, debriefing or beforehand. And <laughs> yeah. Being a mercenary is, is quite a different job than being a soldier. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so Sid does uh, tell them about who Roland is. And uh, we we have another character that's introduced, at least by name, that that he is the son of Issa Durand. So mm-hmm. and, and uh, she's a she's a crime boss of some sort. And she informs Clone Force 99 that uh, Roland has made this deal with the Pikes <clears throat> and the Pikes we've seen before. They're uh, a crime syndicate group. They are involved in. Um, kind of smuggling spice, and we've seen them in season seven of of the Clone Wars. That was Ahsoka and Rafi, and and I'm blanking. Yeah, the Martez the, sisters. The Martez sisters. Yeah, they yeah. they all they all they have that adventure um, dealing with the Pikes. So we have seen them before. But uh, Roland is is trying to put himself in the middle of all of this and make himself important, and and wants to deal with the Pikes, and so he has taken over Sid's cantina and territory. And and yeah, Omega convinces the group uh, to to help Sid, which was which was nice. Um, Sid helped help them out, and so Omega um, logically argues that they should they should help her. And I so do, by the way, they agree. I think they mentioned Obad. They said in this yep. episode, I think they said Obadia. Yep. Mm-hmm. But in in Clone Wars season seven, they were saying Obadiah. But I mm-hmm. like Obadia better because as a as a Bible guy, every time they say Obadiah, I'm like, that's not, that's, that's different. You know? <laughs> but uh, the Pikes, I don't know about you guys, but they, they kind of freak me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're just, oh, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like crosshair di- would belong very well with them. <laughs> Even yep. sounds like them. The design <laughs> in this kind of upgraded animation, you know, yeah. seeing them. Um, wow. I just loved it. I thought, man, they look great. And and it yeah. made me realize the pikes are just so I mean, they're everywhere in Star Wars, like every property, every yeah. I mean, almost every series. I don't know if we did we get any mention of them in the Mandalorian, the pikes, but I don't anyways, remember. I'm sure we probably will down the line, but because they're really I mean, they're 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 everywhere and for good reason. I mean, I think they're really great bad guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got that slithery kind of serpent-like quality mm-hmm. to them mm-hmm. and these helmets that they had on because they don't always have those on but you yeah, still want to mess with them pretty creepy <laughs> well and uh, this is jumping to the end of the episode i i mean when they when they were gonna punish roland i mean it was just assumed in my mind that that meant death like like mm. if, if they're if they're going to make you suffer um you know but they don't kill him but they do something that that you know still at least um is humiliating and, and will, will hurt him, uh, you know, kind of, I mean, he'll be permanently scarred for the rest of his life, but mm-hmm. still, uh, nefarious and, and creepy and, and yeah. Real quick question for you guys. I, I was just checking something here quick. Um, I thought it was a wrong picture, but just speaking of the pikes real quick, uh, I know, you know, of course, cause you know, Angel was saying that they're all over the, all over the IP in different places, but with, uh, I knew they they came up in Solo, as far as in the movies, mm-hmm. uh, mentioned them, but I didn't realize, and this is on StarWars.com, like, so that's, hmm, that's yep. official, as far as I know, but I didn't realize that most of the dudes there on Kessel that they meet when they get off the Falcon are Pikes. Oh. According to StarWars.com, that's the picture they put up. So, like, the guy that uh, Kira's, like, talking to, mm-hmm. with those little things coming out, so I guess they have different, like, headgear and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but it says that, it says that those are like pikes and pike sentinels and stuff. So I'll have to go back and look at that later. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And Solo would be, I mean, the the, the movie par excellence that they would be involved in with the yeah. crime syndicate and that whole that whole realm of, 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 of things in Star Wars. Yeah, because I thought that guy, the main guy she's dealing with has like a key type thing on like a tassel. And he's got like these two pipe looking things almost like coming out of his mask. And I thought they were like breathing tubes or something. They might be, but now that I'm looking at some of the other helmets, like on the animated series, they have those things too, like those extensions that come down, like kind of off the, off the chin. Um, Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's kind of cool. I didn't realize that. 
Yeah, yeah. So they were they were a good uh, a good one to bring back into back into play. So Sid uh, lays out uh, the plan to get her cantina back, and uh, surely nothing's going to go wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. So Roland is going to be meeting with the Pikes later, and to hand over a supply of spice that is hidden in the back of Sid's office. So Sid thinks that it's going to be a good idea to steal the spice so that Roland won't be able to pay, and then the Pikes will be ultimately the ones to uh, kick him out of the cantina and punish him. <laughs> a lot of a lot of sneaking around and, and less uh, maybe less direct of an attack as as maybe Wrecker and <laughs> the rest of the Bad Batch would have wanted. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but in order to sneak into the back of the office without being seen, which I think is key to the whole thing. Um, otherwise, the Pikes are going to be after uh, Sid and the Clone Force 99. They are going to be going through Ord Mantel's old mining tunnels, which run underneath the city. And so they they go off on this plan, and Sid warns them to be stealthy and quiet as they they have these kind of cool hand operated carts. Sort of a um, rather than being on a track, though they're they're like they're hanging below a track, so they are uh, there's just complete openness below them, and of course that's where. That's where the hive is, and they don't want to wake the hive. New ride at Disney, I'm telling you guys. Oh my <laughs> God. You know, yep. I, when she said the word hive was when the little bit of hope came <laughs> into my mind that they weren't going to be spiders, because mm -hmm. we don't typically right. describe them in hive. But then, what? sure enough, we go through the gates and the Disney ride begins, and then <laughs> what do you see but nothing but giant webs, yep. or at mm -hmm. least what looked like yep. webs everywhere. Yeah. And I was just dumping grass back in the, the, the woods <laughs> a couple hours ago, and there's some of those, like the big webs, like the big, like, you know, those like the funnel-type mm -hmm. spider web, and I'm like... That's see, that's what it looked like. So anyway, mm -hmm. they, they knew what they were doing. They 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 planned it <laughs> to, to freak me out, keep me in the edge <laughs> of my seat. And somehow Wrecker is like exhausted by working this hand crank thing on, yeah. on the card. I guess it's pretty <laughs> tough. Funny. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. she's got to be. I love how she calls them muscles. Has she done that yet? <laughs> I don't know if I caught that one before. I know the other nicknames. She, yeah, she's kind of got nicknames. Recurred. Probably, I don't, I don't remember. Goggles. She doesn't call Echo anything. Maybe she's being a little respectful to him for his trauma. Goggles, bandana. <laughs> okay, what are what are the nicknames? Dark and broody. She calls him too. Hunter's yeah. got too. Yeah, but yeah, muscles. I thought that was. <laughs> oh man, uh, but I th I thought Wrecker was the most relatable to to me in this whole episode. Um, yes, because he his reaction to. <laughs> The hive was it would be totally my reaction to it. Um, I love and he's how, afraid of heights too. Yeah, yeah. So, poor, yeah. poor guy. And of course, later on when when they have to go back and retrieve the spice, he's the one that has to climb down with Sid. Yeah, yeah. Like, of course, of course, he's the one. I mean, you know. Um, yeah, I, I. As we as we entered into this area, so so they did surprise me at this point. So I, Sid. All of her warnings about, you know, don't wake the hive and be mm -hmm. quiet. I was mm -hmm. like, okay, we're going to wake the hive. Like something is going to yeah, happen. Of course. We have to. <laughs> like you can't you can't just kind of have this set up and nothing happens. But what surprised me was that they didn't wake the hive until they went back after exactly. after uh, getting the spice. So the first round through, they managed not to wake the hive, which was also kind of funny because we have that point where Wrecker drops his flashlight down into the hive. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I don't know about you guys, but are you are either of you Lord of the Rings fans? I was just I was, I was just waiting to see if you were. <laughs> I said, you, "Mines of Moria, yes. absolutely, yeah, yep, oh, exactly." <laughs> I mean, and it, it had a, it had very much a similar feel. Even the sounds were a little yes, like that that hard to pinpoint you know it's way in the deep like oh well and like mm -hmm. everything's quiet except for the sound of the flashlight hitting the walls and yep. and everybody's on edge and then those sounds the sounds of the hive was kind of like you know this the sounds that we heard in in lord of the rings when mm -hmm. yeah they were awoken. well I, I don't at all want to equate my beautiful little daughters to giant bees. <laughs> However, uh, I couldn't help but laugh a little bit with the whole similarity between their predicament and when I'm 
inevitably at early in the morning or late at night tiptoeing around and you drop something and you're just oh yeah (laughs) every parent ever just like you know i I knock a flashlight funny enough the other day off of you know like hits and rolls on the floor and i'm just i'm standing there like did i I wake the hive no it was like two days before the episode came out and i was like that gives me a little that calms me i don't know by the way why i'm not as instinctively freaked out by like four foot hornets you know as i am by gigantic spiders i don't know (laughs) spiders can't fly you know i've always equated it to the legs of spiders like the way that they move it it just yeah (laughs) i I don't know i didn't like it like hits a primal fear that too too many legs too many eyes (laughs) yeah yeah I mean, I don't like flying, flying insects or wasps or anything either, but I don't know. For some reason, I handle those better. I love how the way Angela is laughing at us a little bit. I'm, I'm almost expecting <laughs> to see her pull a terrarium over and be like, this is no, my pet tarantula. I'm laughing because <laughs> no. I'm the opposite. I'm very allergic to bug bites. Mm, Actually, oh, that, really? that's one reason why I was out one, one week, a few weeks ago. Oh, no. I had a horrible oh, geez. reaction. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm fine with seeing spiders, but no. Those flying oh insects. <laughs> I was okay with this episode though because there you go. It's Star Wars. It's okay. Yeah, and I think I think because it's animated, I'm very mm-hmm. much more. I'm less freaked out, you know, versus like yeah. the Mandalorian, which is live action and and meant to right. be realistic looking. Like, if it were real, that's what it would be like, you know. <laughs> right. But but it is funny because it's like I've been, you know, I've been attacked and stung by bees multiple times. Mm-hmm. I've never been attacked by a spider once in my life. <laughs> it's always a, it's always a chance encounter where it freaks out more than me and tries to get away. Yep. And my whole world becomes about wiping it off the face of the earth. <laughs> As it's like, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. And maybe for me, there's also um, when I was in uh, when I was in seminary, um, I was in Missouri. And one of one of my uh, brother seminarians got bit by a brown recluse. I mean, had to go to the hospital and everything. And Mm -hmm. so like, there was always just this like tension. I never saw (laughs) one, but, uh, so (laughs) gosh, okay. We should stop talking about spiders. (laughs) But they awoke the hive of giant bees. Um, (laughs) Not this time. That, that was what surprised me. They they had, there was a little bit of a, like some sort of a a sound, like something Mm -hmm. was woken, but not enough to, To cause them to go and investigate. So, uh, you know, so thankfully, uh, the, the whole group does go through the mines and they, they get to the back entrance of Sid's office. Um, and meanwhile, of course, uh, Sid had a couple of her operatives lure Ruby out of the cantina with Mantel mix in order to, to get to get Roland out of the office and keep him distracted. <laughs> Apparently, uh, the Mantel mix is a, a favorite for every creature. <laughs> so at that point uh clone force 99 um is able to to find those crates of spice and loads them um as best they can into the to the mining cart and of course things just don't quite go according to plan at this point so ruby uh ruby escapes and roland is able to 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 catch up with her and uh heads back to the cantina earlier than than they were hoping and this causes the 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 chase back down to the to the mining carts because they are able to to spot that uh the the spice was gone and they were able to to get down there before clone force 99 and sid could could fully escape yeah and at this point i was imagining the disney ride and so <laughs> you you get all the way to sid's office you know you, you get the spice and everything and you're 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 just dandy and then here comes you know these gangsters after you and the motorized carts, yeah. right? And then it becomes bumper cars, right? Because they're like oh knocking into each other. And then one of them like falls off. I was thinking, wow, you know, because my favorite ride at Disneyland is the Indiana Jones ride. And okay. so mm. I like that kind of feeling of going through the creepy cave and, you know, things start happening. So bumper cars, that's so, the second part of the ride. Uh, I, I, I think... <laughs> I think you've nailed it though. Like, um, <laughs> oh, I, I keep thinking of, I've been to, I've been to Disney world. Um, but the one that, that I'm thinking of actually was a, a ride at universal Orlando. There's a ride. Um, it's at the, the Harry Potter part where there you're riding in the Gringotts, um, carts 
and it's sort of this mm-hmm. it's like a three-dimensional thing so you got to wear these glasses and so they have characters that are you know um that are attacking your cart and you're being thrown like off the track and you're mm-hmm. you're hitting things and i could totally yeah see this as as that kind of a ride it would it would it would be good though <laughs> be fun yeah um well and especially for this this next part because that's where things get intense that's the the bumper carts that's the the whole thing um because they're being chased by uh roland's crew who of course have no problems being loud and using their their uh motors and their blasters and 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 this is where i you, this is where the hype is going to be um woken mm-hmm. like <laughs> there's there's no no doubt in my mind and um one of the one of the carts gets knocked off the track falls into the hive and of course that's that's what ultimately causes them to to rise up and to attack which is pretty grotesque i don't know mm-hmm. it was like there was some kind of green slime happening and yeah, they didn't hold back too much on that yeah <laughs> they decided to throw down <laughs> yeah yeah uh, they reminded me of Geonosians to a certain degree, but like smaller mm-hmm. and of course non non intelligent. Um, but yeah, lots of. I mean, so they kind of swarmed them, but they didn't they didn't quite do as much damage as I was sort of expecting after Sid's right. kind of comments on, you know, if you wake the hive, like we're doomed, we're all dead. sort of thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. So because they they get swarmed twice even by them and mm-hmm. come out come out good uh but i guess i, I don't I, know if there was anyone even wounded i don't well, well I so Ro- roland's crew would have been wounded or, oh yeah or, or killed i mean <laughs> yes, I, they, yes, their, they their, their fate was basically unclear they they got knocked off their carts and and supposedly got right. got got eaten or i don't know i don't know <laughs> they probably didn't survive <laughs> we, yeah we we didn't need to see oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, but thankfully, of course, Clone Force 99 is able to to escape and uh, close the door behind them, but the spice got knocked off. So that's, of course, going to be going to be an issue coming up here in just a little bit. I was I was actually surprised at how much they put into this one episode. I sort of was as I was watching this, I was thinking it was going to be a two parter and like this was going to be the kind of the, the setup to um part two going back into the spice or back into the to the mines to get the spice um mm. but it it moved pretty quickly so they, they they put a lot into this to this one episode they uh they get back to the cantina and uh roland is is questioning sid's operative on where um where sid took the spice and before he can get an answer out of them the pikes arrive and demand their shipment and are very creepy and nefarious in telling Roland that he has to fix fix the, his mistake or he will know what true pain feels like. He and his family. Yeah. Which is implying yep. his mother also, I think. Oh, true. Yeah, well, especially cuz if she was a she's a, a crime crime boss as well. Um so they uh <laughs> Roland points to to Sid as the <laughs> the one to go to because Sid knows where where the spice is and so Rather than coming off scot-free, the Pikes demand that Sid uh, bring back the the spice uh, that was due to them because she knows where it's at. And so they then take Omega as sort of an insurance that they Mm -hmm. will go and and get the spice and return it. So going off to retrieve the spice was a more simple extraction than I was expecting. Um, that's again kind of why I thought like this was going to be set up for part two, but rather uh, you know, their 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 extraction process was was easier than I was expecting it to be. So rather than go back though on the mine carts, they're actually they take the the Havoc Marauder to an opening in the the, the surface of the of the the planet where they can just rappel down into the mines and pull up those those spice uh, uh, pa- uh, cartons. And the the hive is quiet again, and so they're able to to find those crates with relative ease and begin to to haul them back up to their ship. And things don't actually go awry until they're um, just about finished. They they have both, I think, crates five and six loaded up, and that's when um, another mining cart is knocked loose, and that's what wakes the hive again. 
and this is where I was like Wrecker, Wrecker and I are on the same wavelength here because <laughs> that was that was comical. His just kind of panicky call back up to Hunter to to get him out of there and uh, keep him keep him going back up to the ship. Once again, Tech's little uh, experience, his his answer to the problem is fixed just in time yep. Yep. <laughs> to throw it down. So, yeah, that was fun, too. When you have like, you know, he is Wrecker's so overconfident at first and you just know something's going to go wrong you know, from the get go. You know, we're not afraid of a couple bugs. Like, <laughs> I am. I'm not going to go. <laughs> but yeah then he does it, it is funny because it seems like he gets picked on more than anyone in the whole episode like you were saying earlier father like he just it mm-hmm. it's like more is demanded of him than all the others combined <laughs> and it's almost like this karma type you know whatever just like because he said that maybe <laughs> is that the reason why uh but i i i liked uh text text solution to it uh his uh his light bomb or whatever you want to call that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. You know, that, that, that related. Cool. Yeah, it, it was. And it related earlier to the episode because he was the one who noticed that the, the bugs uh, responded negatively to light. Right. So, so he was already thinking about a, a solution there, but uh, yeah, just, just in the nick of time and uh, <laughs> is able to, to, <laughs> to save Wrecker and Sid from, from the the attack of the of the bugs and so they do bring up all the all the crates of the spice and they deliver the spice to the pikes and that resolves the matter between at least between the pikes and clone force 99 and so this is what i mentioned earlier that they still decided to to punish roland for for his uh, his mistake in all of this and i think this is this is the one of the the more I guess the deeper points of the episode because we have Omega trying to defend him, mm-hmm. and that was that that was kind of brought up even a little bit later by Hunter, and um so the Pikes they they don't kill him but they cut off one of his horns, and they 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 call it good and they leave. Which by the way I thought at first that they might be the same person but then you know when I I went back and double checked it and they're clearly not you know um so I, I don't know I, I mean with Roland what really struck me with him kind of throughout the episode is is I don't know about you guys like your take on him he, he you know this is this is going to be a deep dive but not for long don't worry I just this I mean in terms of the way my weird brain works um he the phrase halfwit came into mind as sort of like a, an old insult, just kind of like, you know, a character who's just, he's like the, uh, he reminds me of, of the, the quote, rich halfwit son, uh, mm-hmm. that Fozzie plays in, um, um, uh, Muppet Treasure Island, the, the rich, <laughs> they, they call him the rich, and he's like, can we speak with, uh, you know, Master Trelawney? And he's like, he's not here. Oh, but his rich halfwit son is here. You can talk to. <laughs> and I almost feel like Roland's kind of, unfortunately in that, like he's, he's definitely trying to make a name for himself somehow, but he, doesn't really seem to really get the world that he's dealing with (laughs) you know so he definitely benefits very much from omega's uh mercy you know her her, um speaking on his behalf um and they don't have a lot of good things to say about the pikes but they see the uh i think they 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 see the logic in it you know they they seem to be at least a little reasonable (laughs) right so i don't know if this is going to relate to, to Visago at all, but, um, but it's interesting. Um, that's, uh, I, I pulled this up on, on Wikipedia, but, uh, Visago is this, is the broken right. horn syndicates leader. So the name broken horn, uh, I mean, this wasn't a broken horn. This was, it was cut off, but I mean, there, there could be this, this could be a, a sort of a, even a, a, I don't know, a founder to, to, to Visago's, uh, syndicate. Um, that we see in Rebels. Because I even went back and checked, it's 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 the opposite horn, too, that they like they cut off his right one, Visago's missing half of his left one. Mm. But they don't even really look similar when you look at him side by side. Mm. Right. Right. They're 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 both Deveronians, but yeah, they're they're not they're not the same character. Yeah, I think um the character of Roland is interesting. Um when he was introduced, I was intrigued i mean i wasn't like invested but i was like oh, okay this guy seems interesting um especially because he was you know we found out he was the guy that wanted ruby in the first place mm-hmm. 
Um, and, uh, you know, who, who's this guy who just thinks he can just take over Sid's parlor? Um, so as we're going through and, and we see that scene where he's, um, he's tied up with Omega and Omega's, you know, trying to think, how can I get out of this? He says, you know, just don't do it. Cause they're going to kill us both. You know, she, she gets to talking to him. And I think that was a really interesting moment too, where he's kind of, you know, telling about his family, his mom and, right. and just his family's way of just take what you want. And, you know, Omega's like, oh, so your mom's a, a criminal too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, oh, you make it sound so bad, you know. Um, but then she ends up kind of, I think, um, so I think just Omega's natural way of um, just speaking plainly. She, she, she speaks the truth, but she also, you know, she's not harsh with people. She, you know, she was honest. She's like, oh, that's, that's being a criminal, you know, (laughs) you're a criminal. (laughs) Um, And it's interesting that he doesn't seem to see himself that way. Um, But, you know, in the end, I think he, yeah, he's humiliated. Roland is. um, But he also, I think, I don't know. I got this sense of like, is he going to sort of go back to his his former way of life? Is he going to change in any way? Like how has this sort of had an impact on him? Because, you know, at the beginning, there's so much talk about his mom that, you know, he, and he even says like, Oh, if she could, if she saw me now, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like he's trying to live up to the family name and it, he, he, I guess, hasn't been having success or he, um, I don't know. I just kind of got the sense of, I almost want to know more about his character. Um, but then at the same time, you know, we learn so much about Omega and how, you know, like you were saying, Father Hunter says, why'd you stick up for him? And she actually says, I don't know mm-hmm. at first. Right. I th- thought that was so interesting. That was such a kid thing to say. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, Ruby likes him, so he must not be all bad. And I really loved that line because one of my pet peeves is this false dichotomy that we seem to have about people. Like people are either good guys or bad guys, right? Um, especially people that we don't know. And we just judge people based off of where they come from, their situation in life, what they've done, you know, that we're aware of, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's it's like we live in a comic book world a lot of times. So I really loved that. I mean, they didn't, I, it's it's great how they do this in, in Star Wars, how they don't hit you over the head with it, but they just kind of like slide it in there, mm-hmm. right? How she's like, mm, he must not be all all bad, you know? Um, so I don't know what you guys thought about that. No, I, I I think that's 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 so very true, and I think I think Roland is is one of those characters where, um, you know, especially because of the the emphasis on his mom, you know, it's that's probably all he ever knew growing up was was the 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 family business, which is also why he probably doesn't look at himself as a criminal and why he was offended by that because that was just I mean that's the only thing that he knows and so yeah as he's trying to make a name for himself he's doing what he knows and mm-hmm. you know maybe not necessarily considering the the morality of it but perhaps this this experience showed him that there are other ways that he can make a name for himself that aren't that aren't going to get him caught up and and um into this whole you know the crime syndicate business uh perhaps not but um but yeah i liked i liked what what omega said because yeah there's this this you know you know she points out that ruby likes him and and even that is just interesting too because like um animals just have this kind of sense too like um of 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 someone who is 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 a a safe person to be around you know and and mm-hmm. so and nobody is all bad you know, and, and, and I really mm-hmm. appreciated that, that point. Um, you know, we're all, uh, I mean, if from, from the Catholic theological point of view, we're all made in the image and likeness of God. So we all have inherent goodness. It's what we then choose to do that determines, you know, whether we're living our life morally or not. 
But even if someone is, you know, born into a bad situation, has a bad family and and thinks that, you know, what is immoral is is okay and and what they should do, even even those persons, there's there's always room for um for redemption and and you know, a changing of their ways and and you know, so like nobody is is inherently set on a course that's to evil and to 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 condemnation, you know, even if they were you know, raised in a bad situation. So I, yeah, I, I really appreciated, uh, what, what Omega <laughs> implied in her just three sentences. Yeah. I actually looked up the, you know how we, we talk about the show titles mm-hmm. and sometimes we find all these different <laughs> meanings for them. And I was like, okay, infested. Is it just about the bugs? You know, because I think, I think it's kind of implied that Sid's parlor is also infested, mm-hmm. right? By this, this, uh, these other people that we don't know. Um, but I don't know. I was just like, I want to know something deeper. And I don't know if they were even going with this, but I, I looked up where infest comes from, um, the etymology of the word. And in Latin, infestus uh, means hostile. So, um, the, the word hostile was kind of like, you know, what you're saying, um, with, with Roland that, you know, if he were really a hostile natured person, like would Ruby really want to be around him? If, if, Mm -hmm. if Omega gets the sense that like Ruby is a good kind of creature, a good being, um, and yeah, it's, it's almost like you were saying, like he's, he's caught up in, in something that, you know, is beyond him. Like he really doesn't understand how the morality of, of things, how things really work. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, I, I also wonder since we've been discussing and this word hostile comes up the pikes. So they had, Omega for a while so they know of her um and I just wonder if maybe her or Roland or Roland's mother or one of those people in that network will end up kind of tipping off um the Kaminoans about Mm. where she is I think there has to be some kind of connection like that yeah wasn't is Fennec still looking for? Her? Didn't seem like it. Okay, but yeah, Fennec I guess wouldn't not. be. I still like the the, um, the last sort of bullet point I had written down from earlier was where is Boba? <laughs> because mm-hmm. I I don't want to push that too much, but it, I mean everybody's thinking about it because it's like I mean the 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 whole team behind the Bad Batch are the ones who told us who the who you know what I mean like I didn't come up with that they did <laughs> you know the whole, like she's she's his sister she, you know you wouldn't I feel like it would be a failure just from a storytelling standpoint to introduce that if you if the only payoff on that is going to be hey watch Mandalorian seasons or watch Book of Boba Fett you know what I mean because <laughs> we're gonna do right. that you know we're gonna do that anyway of course mm-hmm. but just within the story that they've established here I think. You know, I mean, every, almost everybody watching it has seen something Star Wars before. I can't imagine there's a big demographic of people who this is the first thing you've ever seen about Star Wars. Um, but I just I think within the context of just the show itself, they gave a pretty good layout of that a couple episodes back, you know, with um, with Tech's rundown of, of you know, the genetic mm-hmm. you know situation and how she's Omega and there was Alpha and they can't find him. He's, you know, um, and they talk about him. And it's there. I just I feel like if nothing else, I feel like the show, it, it, he either needs to make an appearance or there needs to be some closing out at, at the end where she's going to find him or something. I don't know. I, that's that's kind mm-hmm. of where my mind is at with it. resolution. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think there has to be more there and the only reason i say all that to say that the fennec boba connection or origin story but to me still seems like a pretty pretty good way to do that maybe you know um because you know like in mandalorian like we didn't we i think i at least assumed i think a lot of people assumed that maybe like he just found her out there but then all the chatter 
you know, has sort of started up recently about like, well, how far back do they go? You mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. so that'll be interesting. I, I think they do, of course, have a big opportunity with that in these last uh, what three episodes. I think we have um, as far as I know. So just some thoughts on that. Another question is, I'm not sure, and I don't think we've heard either way, is whether or not there's another season of The Bad Batch coming. I don't think it's official. Mm. I think there's, like, they're open to it, I heard, somewhere, but... Yeah, so... Yeah. So they could maybe even explore some of that down right. the road. Yeah. But regardless, these next three episodes, I mean, we, I think it's, it's clear that, that we, have to, we have to circle back around to, to Camino and... Crosshair. You know, and, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. We're, we're, this was sort of a, a calm episode on, on the, the major plot <laughs> of, the, of the whole season. But I would expect the next three episodes to, to quickly ramp up and get there. I think they have to with, with Crosshair, especially because, you know, he, uh, his last words, right, to Admiral, um, I just lost his name. Rampart. Rampart. His, his last words to Rampart that, you know, you know, permission well, to hunt them down, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and he's it's hunting like, them down. And there was part of me that was like, but you were kind of doing that before, and you, and you, and you blew it. <laughs> so, but, but, so that, to that end, it's like, well, this has to be sort of a no-holds-barred kind of whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I mean, I, I wasn't on that episode with you guys before, so I, and I didn't get a chance to listen to it, I'm sorry. But I don't know if you guys talked about um, with him... I don't know. I detected at least a little visual openness to what's going on in Crosshair's head. Like he seemed a little hesitant. I don't know. At, at one or two points in that episode, or like he was some gears were turning, or maybe he was questioning some stuff. I don't know. Either way, I think you're right, though, Father. We're gonna have to clearly kind of get that resolution in these last few episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, and whether yeah, whether or not he can be redeemed or pulled back, or the 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 chip. You know, whether they can deactivate it or I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And I mean, they, they don't need his permission. You know what I mean? Like if they can get close enough for record and knock him out, you know what I mean? Like they didn't, yep. you know, Ahsoka didn't have Rex's permission. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, they can, they can knock Crosshair out and take the chip out and then he can still be a jerk, but not evil, you know? Because <laughs> I think, I think, I think the squad could use that. You know what I mean? Like I think that he does fulfill a good role in that regard. <laughs> oh, could you imagine like like that happening, and then Omega and him? Oh trying my gosh! To just <laughs> trying to navigate that—that that would be so much fun. Well, and and I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see where where things go the next three episodes. Um, anything else on this episode from either of you two? Do I get any points for for bringing up Muppet Treasure Island in an episode <laughs> of Secrets of? But hey, uh, Fozzie Bear, Frank Oz. So there's a connection. Oh, very so. good. Yeah. <laughs> it always comes back to Star Wars. Come on. That's right. <laughs> I'd give you a gold star if I had one. That's that's nice. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm just I'm just looking forward to next, you know, the next few weeks. We have the supposedly the title for next week, but I think they they haven't oh. leaked the last 2 weeks. Those are still TBD on on the mm-hmm. thing I was just checking. Uh, what is the title for next week? Cuz I I remember seeing it, but I didn't remember what War, it was. War Mantle. Mm. Whatever that means, I just, my mind just jumped to the MCU. Isn't that's, that, yeah, isn't that's that's why I almost said war, war hammer. No, war <laughs> war machine. Like no, it's it, uh, yeah. So <laughs> okay, well, it should be it should be a good ride. Uh, so stay tuned for sure. I believe that wraps it up for our conversation uh, this evening. So listeners, of course, we want to hear from you and what did you think of of this episode of the Bad Batch. And you can let us know through all the, the various ways. You can email us uh, at starwars at sqpn.com. You can tweet at us and you can find us on Twitter at sqpn. And you can comment on our post on Facebook at facebook.com slash starquestmedia. And we would like to take a moment at this point to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including Ricky S., Jonathan S., Michael N., Catherine L., and Gregory S. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. 
Also, of course, please make sure that you are subscribed to the show in your favorite podcast player so that you don't miss a single episode. And you can also find us on the SQPN YouTube channel. Just be sure to click that bell to get notifications. And you can also find all of our previous episodes by going to sqpn.com slash Star Wars. And we will be back next week as we will be taking a deeper look into episode 14 of The Bad Batch. So until next time, Angela Cialana, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. My pleasure. And Mike Creevy, thanks for joining us this evening as well. Absolutely. And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest.